0: and draw you close to the Lord as you open your heart to God's Word and His Spirit.
1: God is a wonderful Lord, and we give Him all praise and glory. Amen. Have you brought your Bible with you today. You've got the secrets, you've got the power in your hand then. And you've got something that's going to change your life for all eternity. Let's make our confession as we go before the Lord. day. But I say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same. I'm about to receive the indestructible the incorruptible, the ever-living seed, the Word of God. I'll never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name, shout hallelujah. Amen. How many happy? Say I am. <clears throat> Amen. I hope that you are. Open the Scriptures with me this morning to the book of John. As we sort of uh, said, open the Scriptures. Maybe I would say log in if you've got to do that. Uh, to the book of John that we'll be looking at here in just a few moments here. John chapter 14 is where we're headed toward. I've been talking with you on Sunday morning time in our teaching sessions on how to practice the presence of God. In John chapter 14, Scripture tells us, Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keeps them he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved in my Father. I'll love him and manifest myself to him. As a Christian, that's what we all want is the manifestation of Jesus in our lives. It is not our desire to be seen, to be lifted up in pride, those kind of things. But our desire is to always point people to Jesus. If you testify to someone and you speak to them about the love of God and the love of Christ Jesus in your life, and they go away and they talk about what you said, but they forgot your name, that's okay, because you and I are not the most important person in that equation. It is manifesting the life of Jesus in our hearts and lives. The more you manifest His glory and His life in your life, the greater you will be in overcoming the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, that you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Amen. The greater one needs to be in you and manifest out above everything else that's in this world. Years ago, uh, several men and women that I've uh, mentioned, one particularly in on 1600s, Brother Lawrence, uh, was known for a message that was sort of his lifetime ministry. And it was called, How to Practice the Presence of God. Putting the presence of God into practice in your life. In other words, whatever you're doing, saying, thinking, going, those kind of things in your life, that everything literally manifests God's presence. And so I look at not just my to uh, our Sunday morning time, for example, our 10:30 to 2:40 in the afternoon uh, time here for Sunday morning. I don't just look at that and say, "Wow, I really want to look like a Christian during that time." It's okay to do that; that's fine. Look like a Christian during that time, but it's not just that. And then when I clock out of church, so to speak, and go by and get my time card and punch the time clock and walk out of church, then I'm back in the world again. That's not the Christian life. That may be a religious life. But it's not a Christian way of living. As a Christian, you never clock out. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus said this, if you have his eternal life, you will never, ever, ever die. Okay? Right. So we're never going to clock out any way you want to think about it. We're never going to clock out. But what we are going to do is manifest Jesus in our life so that others can see Christ Jesus through us. We began talking about that in the book of John. So I begin to break it down. Just a little bit of help there. He mentioned Reinhard Bunker, who was a wonderful missionary to Africa, uh, as well as another very dear uh, minister friend of mine over the years ago, who I'm fortunate enough to get to meet and that kind of thing. But but Brother T.L. Osborne broke down that practicing the presence of God into what he called four different sections of our life. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that first section that has to do with our thinker, our knower, that part within us that is our mind control of our bodies. It's the supercomputer of who we are. It is the one that is telling me to put my hand in front of me right now and grip it in this fashion. That's not my hand's idea. That came from my brain, and it came from my mind. And so in the mind of each of us, if I'm going to practice the presence of God, my starting place is not out here. It's not in the physical realm, although I want to see that change and manifest the presence of God, of course. But that's not where we start at. I'm not starting with what I do. I'm starting with what I think. Everybody know you got a thinker. Somebody say amen. Amen. That thinking part of you is in charge of you. It it will, you know, as some people say in this world, it will run you through the ringer if you let it do that. Or it can give you great thoughts of happiness and joy and bliss in your life if you let it do that. But it all takes place there. And so we looked and we saw in Scripture in Romans chapter 8. That the carnal mind or the fleshly mind is an enemy against God. And so I've got to, if I'm coming out of this world and I come into my walk with God and salvation. And I accept Jesus as Lord. One of the first things I've got to do is get the enemies of God out of my life. And one of them is a worldly mind. As long as I keep thinking like the world thinks, I am an enemy to God in my mind. My mind is an enemy unto the Lord. And so the carnal mind, it says, is not subject to the law of God. And so if I want to walk in the principles of Almighty God, I got to get rid of that carnal mind. I can't allow myself uh, to to think fleshly. And it's not a thing like I say, "Oh, I had a bad thought. Oh, wow, I just got to control that. I got to control that. Oh, got to stop that, stop that." It's not to that all my life I'm going to be going through these principles of, "Oh, I shouldn't have thought that. Oh, I shouldn't have thought that here." It's not that. It's a renewing of the mind. Coming to the mind and and, and recharging, reprogramming the mind to the mind by itself thinks the right ways of God. I've heard people talk about this. Well, you know, the Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts. Those kind of... Isaiah 55. Let's just turn there. Turn with me. Isaiah chapter 55. Let me show you that. Because a lot of people do that and you have to reprogram your mind. That would be a good scripture uh, to do that with. Isaiah chapter uh, 55 And if I go somewhere right around 10, 11, somewhere there, if I back up, oh, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 55 and look at verse 8. My Bible has a little paragraph marker there that tells me that's a new portion of this chapter. But in Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And what you'll have is a lot of Christian folks come around and say, well, you know what? We just can't think like God, and uh, I can't do anything about what my mind thinks and how it, how it functions and how it works. Because you know the Bible says that uh, even, you know, Isaiah said it here, God Almighty spoke it to us, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Does the Bible say that? Everybody say, yes. Say yes. It does. It says it. We're not arguing with you. But who are the my thought people? Back up to verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. So that wicked man and the unrighteous man, no, they don't think like God. Well, that's what I and all of you were before we came to Christ. And unless you spend time renewing that mind, you still have opportunity to continue in unrighteous and wicked thoughts. Now you said you mean you know, I got up this morning and the first thing I thought about was going down and robbing a, you know United Community Bank and that kind of no no but you got up this morning and you said oh me <laughs> Sheila told tell me that years ago quit saying oh me and I always said it as a joke you know oh me she said don't say oh me don't say oh me I don't hear you say oh me don't say oh me that's what she would say and uh, so anyway you know, had to stop saying oh me but she was right I'm not gonna wake up and the first thing in the morning I'm gonna say oh me. Anybody can just, what, crawl out of this bed. Did anybody crawl out of bed this morning? You got up, you heard the opportunity clock over there ring, and you went over there to it, and uh, you hit it, the snooze button. it give you nine more minutes of snoozing. And, uh, you, and you're waiting during that nine minutes of snoozing, knowing it's about to go off in another minute, so you don't really go back to sleep. And uh, finally, you crawl out of bed. I quit doing that years ago. When I get out of bed in the morning, the first thing I do, I get out of bed, and I jump literally out of bed, and I hit on my feet on the floor. I, j- I jump. I do that. I, that's not a lie. That's what I do. I jump out of the bed because I don't want to crawl out of bed. I'm ready to start the day. I'm ready to get going. I'm ready to get moving. But now, the thing is, in the era of our mind, you got to have to have the proper mindset, do things like that and other things like that. Not everybody's got to do that. But you've got to have the right kind of mindset in your life before you'll change what your life is. And here, when it says here, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. He's talking to the wicked and the unrighteous. Amen. Right. He's not talking to the righteous. Amen. The righteous have renewed their minds. The righteous no longer have a mind that is the enemy against God. I'm not working against God. And God's not working against me. We're both on the same team. Well, we're on the same side of this thing. Well, that happens as we renewed our mind. That way, I began practicing the presence of Jesus. Do you think that if someone came to Jesus and Jesus' earth walked during this time on earth and said, you know what, the economy is looking bad, things are looking really terrible, what do you think we're going to do? And Jesus said, I don't know. I hadn't got a clue. This is the bad situation we're all in. Can anybody imagine Jesus saying that? What did Jesus say? We know what he said. There it is in Matthew chapter 6. When he talked about it in Matthew chapter 6, he said, Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to put on. Don't worry about those kind of things. And don't even worry about your hair or how tall you are or any of those kind of things. Don't worry about any of those. After all these things, the Gentiles are consumed with. But not you. Not you. In Matthew 6 verse 33, he said, But seek you first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added unto you. Amen. And so what does we as children do? We recognize economy as what it is. We recognize the struggles as what men have made it. And those kind of things. And they've made some very difficult challenges out there for sure. We understand that. But that's not our source of who we were supplied from. That's not a source of our table. That's not the source of our food. That's not the source of our income. That's not the source of our job. God Almighty is our source. Well, how do I know that? Because the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. That my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My mind didn't used to know that until I got saved. And I didn't even know it when I got saved until I looked at the passage and read it. And read it and read it and read it and read it it, until I believed it and believed it and believed it. And practiced and practiced and practiced it. And because of that, then it became a reality in my life. That's what renewal of the mind is. You've got to start in the mind. If you're trying to change what you do, but your mind still has got that negative, ungodly thinking in it, it's going to be very hard for you to change what you do. Even though you might make a stride here or there, you're just fighting to do it. Well, the Bible talks about in the book of Hebrews that we enter into our rest. As new believers in Christ Jesus, as worshipers of God, we we don't struggle to make these changes. We enter into the rest. That can only happen if your mind is renewed. And so if you want to practice the presence of Jesus... And you want to talk like Jesus, talk, act like He, act, go where He went, do what He does. All those kind of things of Christ Jesus, you got to get that mind thinking the mind of Christ. Well, we talked about that a while. We could go on and on about it. But we, we talked about the mind of Christ. We talked also on this thought. The Bible tells us in the book of John, chapter 12, verse 49, Jesus said, For I have not spoken of myself. Notice that. But the Father which sent me, He gave me commandment, what I should say. And what I should speak. You know, you've been commanded what you ought to say and speak to. Yeah. You have. Verse 50. And I know that His commandment is life everlasting. And whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Amen. So if you want to manifest the life of Jesus, you won't do it talking what the world says talk. Yeah. You won't do it saying what the world says to say. You will never manifest uh, the Lord Jesus Christ after watching 60 minutes of ungodly news and then walking away and telling everybody what you heard on the news. I mean, you're going to be down, depressed, discouraged, gloom, doom, agony on you. All that kind of stuff that you know, I heard many years ago when people would sing songs like that. And just all perplexed and all worried and all fearful. That's what the news will do to you. It'll do all those things to you. Now, I'm not saying put your head in the sand and be an ostrich and not know what's in reality. No, we know our enemy. We know our adversaries. Bible says in 1 Peter. We know him. We are to know him. But knowing him doesn't mean that I meditate on him and stay with him and let him control my mind, my thoughts, and what I say. Every one of us has to change what we say. Change what you speak. Don't say the same thing that you said when you were in the world. Say something different different now. Now, we speak, as Jesus said, I speak the words of the Father. So if I don't practice the presence of Jesus, and you want to see Jesus in my life, I'm going to have to be speaking the words of the Father too, because that's what Jesus spoke. Now, we looked at that, talked about that just a a little bit, and then we looked at a few other places. Look me into book of Mark chapter, oh my, I tell you what, go to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 and verse 8. Let me show you something. Titus chapter 3 verse 8. We ought to be speaking, talking the Word of God, speaking words of faith, everything that Scripture says. That's if you want to manifest Jesus. If you don't, then you can speak words of doubt, fear, unbelief, failure, ungodliness, wicked works, all those things, and you'll manifest the world. It's your choice, whichever one that you want to do. But in the book of Titus, chapter 3, let me get there. I know I've got a Titus in this Bible. This is a new Bible i got. But Titus, chapter 3, and then verse 8. Notice something, Titus, chapter 3, verse 8. The Bible says in Paul's writings, he said, uh, "Oh, let me make sure Nine times three verse six. This is a faithful saying. Now, this this is a faithful saying, one that you can put to practice, one you ought to do. Okay, that is these things which uh, the things which are that you affirm constantly. You affirm constantly the word of God. You don't just hear it on Sunday morning, walk out, and forget it, and never talk about it again." No. You hear the word of God and you affirm it constantly. It doesn't matter what the world does. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the world would say about our physical life, our health. It doesn't matter what the world would say uh, about our financial life, uh, about our relationship life. It doesn't matter what the world would say about our relationship with God. It doesn't matter uh, the, the, you know, they, they, they're not in this fight with me. They're, it's not them. We're fighting the good fight of faith, the Scripture tells us. And, and so what matters is that I'm affirming constantly these faithful sayings that he's talking about. I affirm them constantly. I will not let go of them just because the world gives me another opinion. Amen. I mean, some of us can get very excited sometimes. And we can find a verse of Scripture and we can write it down, put it on a post note like I do here sometimes. Put it on a post-it note and put it on the refrigerator and that kind of thing. And uh, wow, you know, I'm all all into it. And then the next day, somebody in the world says something or the world system does something and all of a sudden just blowed your post-it note right off the refrigerator. <laughs> what nothing left to do then but open that refrigerator and see what's good to eat, right? But anyway, it blowed your post-it note right off. Well, no, you don't do that. You keep on affirming it. Amen. You keep on affirming it. You keep on him. I love, Brother, uh, AJ just mentioned uh, Brother Copeland several uh, moments ago. I love what I heard Brother Copeland say many, many years ago when he was talking about uh, praying for healing and confessing his healing. And uh, someone asked him, said, well, what happens if uh, uh, you don't receive it right off? He said, I'm, I'm still confessing my healing. I'm still speaking my healing. I'm still speaking. And the day that I die, the last thing I say when I die will be I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. That's constantly affirming it, never letting it go. Will not stop. Will not quit. I'm going to stay on the word of Almighty God. And I've seen it come through. I've lived a few years now, and I've seen that come through in practice that it actually does work. That's the thing about living a life of faith. Once you live it long enough, you'll begin to build up experiences in your life that will also validate the word of God. Now, the word of God doesn't need your experience to validate or mine. God validates it. He don't really need your me. But in practice and in life, you do see that as you walk in it long enough, you will see that happen in your life. But we constantly affirm. Everybody say constantly, constantly. affirm. affirm. And we're not going to let go. We affirm constantly, as he said, that they which have believed in God. How many have believed in God? Amen. Well, here's some instruction for you. Those that believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. We're careful to maintain good works. We're we're not about walking ungodly in in the ways of the world. We're maintaining good works and that these things are good and they are profitable unto you. In other words, you affirm constantly the things of God. It's profitable unto you. How many believe that God always tells the truth? Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, some people don't believe that. Some people believe in God. but They don't believe God. Think about that. Some people, is there a God? Yes. Well, do you believe God when God says in here that by stripes you're healed? No. How come? Because I'm not healed. So they believe in God, but they don't believe uh, God himself when he speaks in his word. And some people come to the point, well, you just quoted a verse of scripture. You didn't quote God. Yes, I did too. When you quote the word of God, you did quote God. It was God's. In the beginning, John chapter 1, verse 1, there it is. In the beginning was the Word, and words Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Not anything was made that was not made except by the Word of God. So God is His Word. There's no difference in it. No difference in the two. You won't find God. Now, men, sometimes, they have a difference. We call that a lie. Men will tell you something, and they don't do it themselves. But you'll never have that happen with God. God will always fulfill his covenant, fulfill his word. He will always see that whatever he says will come to pass. Jeremiah chapter 1 and 12, he says he'll hasten his word to perform it. Hasten means he'll look over his word to make it happen. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 and 11, as rain comes down the stone from heaven, waters the earth, and brings it not, not hither, but waters the earth, making it bud and bring forth, so shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Everything that God says and everything that God speaks happens to Himself. And so when I look at the Word of God and see what God says, it's the same thing as God talking to There isn't any difference. If you still got that difference in God over here, the Bible over here, you know, and you see in two rather than seeing one, then you need to keep on renewing your mind because God will never violate His Word. All right. And so. When we look at that, we recognize that, that we are constantly from You're there Titus. Just flip over or scroll down one time with your finger to the book of Philemon. Philemon there, that you can see. That's the very next chapter. Some people say Philemon. But Philemon is what they taught us in seminary to say, to be most honorable and dignified and well-educated. So Philemon. But just to get them, Philemon. Chapter 1. Notice this. Verse 6. That the communication of your faith, and I know we understand the word communications like telephone, that kind of thing. But this communication, while it includes that, it's talking about the, the manner of life that you live. The communication of your faith may become effectual. How how do I get the communication of a manner of life that I live in faith? How does that become effectual? By acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So I don't acknowledge the bad things. I acknowledge the good things that are in me that Christ Jesus has put in me. And when Christ Jesus says in His Word that He's made unto me wisdom, then I'm confessing I have wisdom. When He has made me strong, I confess that I am strong. Amen. And, and so when we look at Scripture, we acknowledge it. The more you acknowledge it. Now, now some people go the opposite. What will they do? They'll, they'll do something. They will acknowledge uh, something else. You go to the doctor. And the doctor will give you this and that and the other. And the doctor will tell you this and that. And then you say, oh, okay, that's what the doctor said. Yeah, but, but God said this. Well, I don't know, Leon, the doctor said this. Well, you know, that's two sayings. You're going to have to choose which one you can go by. Yeah. One is sense, sense faith, what you experience with your five senses, what somebody told you. And the other is God faith, what God said to you. Amen. Depend on which one of those you choose will depend on which one will manifest in your life. Right. Okay. And so that's absolutely how it is. We have to believe in. God, not just believe in Him, but believe His Word. You're, you're there, close again. That wasn't part of what I was going to say. But back up to Galatians. Look at Galatians chapter three and verse six. In Galatians chapter three and verse six, the Bible says in Galatians three verse six, even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted unto him to, for righteousness. It didn't say as even as Abraham believed in God. It wasn't he said, well, I know there's a Creator somewhere, and all of a sudden the blessings of God came in your life. No, he believed God. He believed what God said. What did he say to them? You're going to be the father of many nations. And he didn't even stumble at that. Go all the way back to Romans 4. Look at Romans chapter 4. And you can see that very account where Abraham believed God. He believed God so strongly. You and I ought to just put this as the standard of what we where we ought to be in our life. Look at oh, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Listen to what God said. God, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. He wasn't a father of many nations at the time God said that, but God said, I've made you one. And so remember that quote we do? I am what God says I am. Right? God's Word. God says what He says He says, and we believe what He says He says, and I am what He says I am. I am what God says I am. Before Him, verse 17, I'm sorry. Before Him whom He believed... You believe when God said, you're a father of many nations. I believe that. So then when God says something to you, and that you're in a circumstance and God says, okay, I provided healing for you at the cross of Christ Jesus. And by his stripes, you are healed in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. And then go to 1 Peter 2, 24, and says, by his stripes, you were healed at the cross. Then I have to recognize I was healed at the cross. And body says, no, you're not, Leon, you're not healed. And I say, oh, yes, I am. How do you know, Leon, that you didn't ask me about it? I would have gave you naked an pain if you asked me about it. I didn't ask you about it, body. It's not your decision. If I was in this world, it'd be your decision. But I'm not of this world. I'm in it, but not of it. Therefore, the decision is not my body. The decision is God's. And God's already decided. What did he decide? Leon, you were healed at the cross, Cal- Calvary, some 2,000 years ago. And so that's what I am going to believe. And like Abraham, he believed in God. didn't have a child at the time, but he still believed in God. See, some of us think, for example, that what happens is we make a statement like that, and all of a sudden, wow, just every single thing in our life comes to extreme perfection at that, at that very right time. You believe, believe in God for finances or financial increase in your life or blessings of, of supply and different things in your life? And, and you think, well, I, you know, I prayed, I confessed the verse, but, you know, where, where is it at? I'm looking for it. and I'm looking for it. Where is it at? And, and don't say, I guess it's just not going to happen for me. There are just some people that are, you know what, They are just some people that are born under a lucky star. It just happens for them. There, there are some people, God has favorites, and He likes them, but He don't like you that much. he got a special plan for you, and that plan includes just a lot of of, of problems and issues and that kind of... And when you overcome all those problems and issues, think how wonderful of a, a servant God you've been. What a great testimony you'll have then as you die out of this world in all misery. Hmm. No. No, I'm going to have a great testimony when I live in overcoming faith. Ah, there it is again. In Revelation chapters 2 and 3, seven times the Lord God Almighty spoke and he said, He that overcometh will he give this and he give that and he give this right and that right and that privilege. We're not expected to be people who lose this battle. We're expected to be people who overcome. All seven churches, the Lord Jesus said that to verbatim, every single one of them. And so God expects us to be overcomers right now in this life. And so we do that by allowing our mouth to now speak like Jesus speaks. We, we honor Him. We say what Jesus says. We speak what He says in this life. And we let our mouth become conformed to what Jesus is saying and what He is speaking in our lives. And look at Romans 4, verse 17 again. Look at verse 18. Sometime against hope... Somebody said, but you don't know how strong this thing is against me. Look how strong it was against Abraham. He didn't deny. He he did not deny that the problem was there. If he had denied it, you would have never have read Abraham was 90 and 9 and his wife Sarah 90 when they had the child. You wouldn't have read that. Because naturally, that's a bad report, isn't it? Now, if he said Abraham was, you know, um, 35 and his wife was 25, Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's, but he didn't confess I'm 35. He knew he was 99. Yeah. See, some, some people think that, that when you live by faith, you just ignore the realities that are out in this world. We don't ignore them. We know they are there. We just recognize that God's Word supersedes them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we recognize. Oh, and so that God's Word is greater than all of those things. So Abraham was against hope. You might be looking at things in life. I listen to a lot of uh, Dave Ramsey stuff, and uh, I hear so many people call in and talk to him about so many very difficult financial problems that they have and how they got in debt and how they just kept getting in debt and more debt, more debt, more debt, more debt. And wow, and I hear about some of the debt. Sheila and I, we were in debt like $80,000 in uh, 2008 as when it was, and so, but some of those folks—they're in debt like two thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, half a million dollars, uh, that kind of stuff. And if I'm ever going to put uh, half a million dollars into a student loan of any kind of thing like that, which I'm not now, but if I ever was going to do that, that job better be paying me multiplied millions of dollars in the first year. I'm just not going to keep on letting you know schools and colleges say they have the answer for my life as long as I keep paying them money, paying them money, paying the money, paying them money, paying them money, paying the money. Paying them money, paying them money. And just don't get into that. But uh, some people are in very pl- uh, difficult situation, I hear that and say, "Wow, these people don't, they don't have much hope at all. They'll be discouraged, all upset." I mean, you know what? If they they got to pay off their debt for the next twenty years d- to get them out of debt, it took Sheila like, I seven years to get rid of eighty thousand. But uh, they got to get out of debt in the next twenty years. So some people are against hope. So you might look at a circumstance, situation in your life that, that you don't see a hope in the natural. And so what we do, we are not moved by what we see. For what we see is temporary. But the things of God are eternal. And those are the things where we put our mouth and our talking. If you do not talk like that, you won't be talking like Jesus. If somebody came to Jesus and said, Lord Jesus, we got a need. What can you do about Jesus? I don't know. Probably not much. We wouldn't be talking about him today. No, he never said that. He never said that at all. Hey, we fished all night. Jesus didn't catch anything. Jesus said, throw it on the right side and try it again. He didn't say, you hadn't caught nothing all night long? I guess they just ain't biting in the Sea of Galilee. Let's go go out here and try the better. Yeah, wow. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, well, you bunch of people, y'all need to go to fishing school again or something. Whatever the case might be. You need a fish finder. They said, well, fished all night long. We didn't find any fish. Put it on the right side. And at his word... They did it. At his, It was fishing by the word of God. So it, it didn't matter what, what kind of bait they had, what kind of nets they had. They were fishing on the word. And that's the same way. You might be in a terrible situation fi- financially and, and facing your struggles that way. And get on the word of God. Get in the plan of God, the principles of God. Stand on them and it will get you out. It will take you out of the problems that you and me have created in our lives financially if we'll only believe the Word of God and act on the Word of God. Well, Abraham's doing that in verse 18 against hope. Believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. He didn't say he believed in it based on his body. I feel young now. Oh, wow. Something had my body. He didn't believe on it based on that. He believed based on what was spoken. So shall your seed be that God told him in Genesis chapter 12 verses one when it talks about it. That's when he believed on it. He didn't believe on it based on uh, what was going on in his body, the issues he had there. He believed based on what was spoken unto him by God Almighty. That's what he believed. And that's what we believe. We don't believe on things simply because that it's out there and now I can finally see a way. You know, I think I could see my way clear now. It don't matter if you can see way clear or not. It doesn't matter doesn't matter if you can see your way clear. It doesn't matter. What matters is what has God spoken to you and what does God's word say about your situation. That's what we stand on. And that's what we believe on. And that's when we begin to see these realities in our life. Look at verse 19. Be not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. Some people, that they they do the opposite of that. They consider their body. Well, are you healed? Well, I don't know. Let me see if I feel any better. Well, no, no, I guess not. No, I still got this problem. I, I, guess, I guess not. No, because I don't, I can, how you know? Well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel this. None. People talk about that like fasting. You go on a fast, a particularly long fast, it's miserable. <laughs> People talk about fasting, well, I just sense the glory. I've never fasted a fast like that. They're all miserable. <laughs> God was just everywhere. I didn't feel like God was anywhere. What are you doing? You're dying out to your flesh, and so you don't feel in that flesh. But in the Spirit, you base yourself in the Word of God. In the Spirit, you know, and you exercise that faith. But now notice, his body's now dead, but he consider it. So many people stop and consider the issues in front of them. They make their decisions based on considering that. You, You can be walking down the street, and or somewhere, and uh, someone give you uh, uh, an extra amount of money. Uh, I'll, I'll give an example. We had a board meeting yesterday, and we are talking about the fence that we've got uh, down here uh, around the play area that we put in last year. And that play area we put in cost about $35,000 and put it in. And the fence cost about like 3500 that we put around it. Well, they had two doors to put on it last year. And those doors uh, that they put on, or uh, gates, they, they never got them on there yet. And so that's, this was June of last year. They didn't get them on. So it gave him a little while, you know, and that, that pandemic stuff was affecting the world and that kind of stuff. And you have to sort of wait on the rest of the world to catch up when, you know, situations. And, and that was happening. So it gave him like a month or two and never did. So I called him up in October and said, hey, guys. I said, you know, we haven't paid you anything yet for that thing. Uh, you know, y'all going to come down and finish this job up uh, pretty soon here? Uh, yeah, we're going to get right on it. That was October. And then along about two weeks later, they hadn't come, and I called them up again, said the same thing to them again. Oh, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it. Don't worry about it. We'll get it. I said, you know we hadn't paid you anything, right? Because it's very, very rare for a company not to want to get their pay, which is rightfully theirs. And so it comes into December, and I call them again. And hadn't called them since December, but I called them in December, and I said the same thing to them. You guys, you know, headed down here to get us all finished up? Everything okay? You guys alive out there? Or did somebody die in the family? Or You know, it's a big corporation. Uh, out of Spartanburg, and they said, oh, yeah, we're going to take care of you. We're going to get you. And, and that's been since then. I guess maybe I'll give them another call here in a month or two. But the thing was basically this. Is what has happened was this. That money when we reported to the board yesterday. I didn't say, hey, man, we just got out scot-free. We don't have to pay for that fence. No, we got a fence down there, Amen. and we owe them for that fence. Yeah. Now, I really don't want to pay them until they complete the job. You understand that? Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, we got that money set aside. It's theirs. It's not the churches. It's not ours. It's their money, and so there is this thing that we have in us called integrity that we have, where we consider not that, for example, hey man, I can just make thirty five hundred dollars for the church now. Wow, we get an extra thirty five hundred. That'll pay for one of our meals on Sunday. You know, we can get an extra thirty five hundred dollars. Oh no, I didn't consider that. It's outside the word of God. It's not honesty. It's not integrity. In the world of us here at Sacramento, it just ain't right. Somebody say it ain't right. I mean, you don't got to have a scripture verse for every single thing, although there's plenty there for sure, but it just ain't right. Man does the work. Man deserves to get paid. Somebody say amen. You tell him you'll pay him, you pay him. Now, get your job completed and that kind of thing. And I talked to the board yesterday. I said, maybe you just want to cut that down all but the gates and the, and the hinges that they're putting on it and pay them that part of it. Well, if we did that, might not see him come back and complete the whole thing yet. I don't know. But it's their money, and we're gonna get them paid. Amen. And so, but what happens? We consider not something that's contrary to the word of God. Amen. Abraham considered not his own body, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. None of those things. None of those things that he had. Verse 20 He staggered not at the promise of God. Don't let the Bible throw you for a loop. Don't let the Word of God, the great wonderful promises, don't don't let it do that. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, doing what? Giving glory to God. Whenever you are weak in faith, you give glory to the devil. Whenever you are weak in faith, you give glory to the devil. Whenever you say, I don't know how I'm going to make it, or I don't know what I'm going to do, or I don't know how this is going to work out, or or, or all these kind of things. I'm in such a struggle, such a problem. And you worry and you fret, you are giving glory to the devil. You're letting your mind, your heart, your attitude focus on Everything the devil's told you. You're going to go under. I'm going to take you down. I'm against you. All these kind of things. And you're giving glory to the devil. You know what the doctor said about you. You know what happened there. You know what happened to all these other folks. And these different issues of life that we would face in life. (coughs) All those things. And you rely on that. You're giving glory to the devil. But when we say what God says. And don't stagger at his word. Then we are strong in faith. And we give glory to God. Because if I win this thing. And you win this thing. And we come out with the blessings of God. You don't deserve any of the praise. I don't deserve any of the praise. We're going to give all the praise to God. Somebody say amen. He's the one that deserves all. And I want to make sure that everybody knows that he's the one that did this. It is God that did this. Uh, you know, and, and you've got to speak those things out in this life. You've got to continually say those things out in life. The, the Bible tells us this in Colossians 4 and verse 6, Let your speech always be with grace. Let your speech be with grace. In other words, you're speaking in a way that some people don't deserve you to speak that nice, but you still want to do it. Let it be in grace. Season with salt that you may know that what you, have you ought to answer every man. We, we speak in grace. I remember it's been several years ago now. Sheila and I were in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, down there. I don't really want to go back. But anyway, we were in a, a, a Atlanta. I don't know. I'm content living in Wattsville. But anyway, I uh, went down to Atlanta, Georgia, and we were there. And so, and, and the Omni there at the place they were, they'd put us up at and uh, that kind of thing at, at a meeting we were at, a convention thing we were at. And uh, so we said we'd go out and walk around the town. That was a mistake. But anyway, we, we left, and the Omni went down there and got all these, you know, they get these water pad things, squirt the water in the air. I'm telling you they're going to put one of these up here in Lawrence. Maybe I'll go up there and get squirted on one day. But anyway, you got all these water pads squirting stuff up, walking around, a lot of little, little stores, little, I don't know, a little village area, you might say. And so while we're walking around, I notice this guy is walking right behind me. He, he's probably just a little bit taller than me and he's a little bit thinner than I am. and he, He's just a nice-looking guy. And he's got on just a beautiful suit. It's wonderful, but it's as filthy as it can possibly be. And as he's walking behind me, I notice he's sort of tracking behind me, you know. I take a step, he takes a step. I stop to look, he stops to look. And finally, we, we walk into a store that's there and as we're walking in the store, he sort of followed me around a little bit in the store. I didn't know. I thought maybe he thought I was going to fit in the shoplift or something or un, you know, undercover agent or something. But anyway, he's in the store looking around. And, that kind of, and finally he walks up to me, and he, then he uh, asks me uh, about some money. That would I give him some money when I do this and that kind of stuff and help him out. He's a panhandler, uh, 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 maybe a word that someone understands. sort of bumming around that kind of way, doing what he was doing. And while he was, and he was talking with me, and uh, I-, I noticed when he was talking with me, uh, this guy was educated. A- and I said to him, while well, I said, you know what? Just you hearing you talk to me about you need money and all. He said, I said, this is really good what you're saying. I said, you have given me one of the most creative spills on I want some money of anybody I've ever heard. I, I said, you had to have work to, to plan out that little talk you given given to me. And not only that, you have done it with great perfection in your diction. I said, brother, I said, you even talk to me better than I speak myself. <laughs> Except I said to South Carolina way. Better than I talk myself. And I said, you know what? You, you could be making millions of dollars in your life with a talent like you've got and the ability that you have to communicate and obvious education I hear coming out of you you could be making tons and tons of money now I'm talking to him in grace with words manifesting Jesus I just say you low down bum you what are you doing up here begging me for money go get you a job no I'm telling him on the other side of that Understanding. You could be doing this and you could be doing that. And you know what? God's got a great life plan for you if you just yield yourself unto the Lord. I said that to him. And I talked to him. I said, with the abilities that God has given you in talent, natural ability, you don't need to be out here begging somebody like me or anybody else for money. You ought to be the one we're begging for money out here. And the more I talked to him, I noticed as I talked to him in grace, speaking words of faith to him. I noticed as he came at me like this, that he was standing taller. His head popped up a little straighter. And I noticed he had just a little bit more confidence in attitude in his life. And he said to me, after I got through talking with him and we shared together, he said, you know, what? he said, God bless you. Thank you. Stuck his hand out and shook my hand. Thank you so much. And while we were talking, that, the police were by and said, don't give him any money. But anyway, <laughs> they were. And so he shook my hand, I shook his hand, and uh, that kind of thing. And he said, you know what, you said something to me worth more than money. He said, you have encouraged me and inspired me to do things that nobody's encouraged me for. Everybody's talked down to me. But you have spoken grace in my life and talked good things in my life. And I just want to appreciate you and thank you for that. And God bless you. And I'm not even going to ask you for any money. And then he turned around and walked away I said, wait a minute, here's 20 bucks. But anyway... And I wondered at that point had he just finally capped the final capstone on his spill when he said he was walking away knowing that I'm going to give him. To I said, he got me. He got me. it. But no, no. I, I hope we had some good effect on him. But the Bible tells us when we speak, we speak words of grace. If you want your mouth to be like Jesus, don't be cussing anybody out. Somebody show me the passage of Scripture where Jesus cussed somebody out. Don't be cussing people out. And 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 my goodness, don't be some people you know, cuss out where they work. Why are you cussing out the people where you work at? The people that pays you each week. Why are you cussing them out? Why are you damning them? And they the one that giving you money. And you say, I work at this old hell hole I work at. Why are you calling it a hell hole? The hell hole you work at pays you. <laughs> Amen. I mean, begin speaking grace like Jesus would speak. Don't put people down. Don't discourage people. Don't come against people in ways like that. But encourage them and lift them up and speak words of faith and words of goodness unto them. Look with me, Psalms 145. Let me show you something. Psalms 145, verse 21. The psalmist David said this. My mouth shall speak praise of the Lord. And let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. Why not make... A covenant with your mouth, as the Bible talked about Job making a covenant with his eyes. Why not make a covenant with your mouth that you're only going to speak words that had to do with praise of the Lord? Amen. How do you think that? How many has the Lord God as your Father? Somebody say amen. amen. How would you feel? How would you feel if you were out there and you were speaking all kind of terrible things? I mean, just just terrible things in life about. You know, your father naturally, or you were the father, mother, and one of your children was speaking terrible things about you. How would you feel? I mean, what what about God, the father of all of us, and us walking around grumbling and complaining, upset, mad, bad attitudes, negative. I mean, down in the dumps. Nobody in the world would even want to be around us. The way that we're talking, the way we're experiencing things like that. No. You would want your children to speak good things. And Sama said this. He said, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. This is what I'm talking. This is what I'm speaking. We, we have a, a grandchild, Naomi, and uh, I told them. I'm, I'm, I hope they're working on it. But anyway, I've been wanting Naomi to say grandpa. And I haven't heard her say it yet. And I got to wondering what was going on. And so I, I told Laura the other day, I said, listen, here I got a $100 bill. When she says grandpa, I'll give it to you. I said, teach her to say grandpa. And I said, Naomi, look. It didn't impress her or none. I told Naomi, I said, look, if you'll say grandpa. When I hear the word grandpa, I'm going to give you $100 say grandpa. Now, the other day, she was close to me. And she walked up to me. And she said, epa. <laughs> I said, close, but no cigar. But anyway, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And I said, Sheila, was that grandpa? Does that count as epa? Let me just take a vote. Does Epa, Epa now, Epa, does that count as grandpa? Does she get the hundred bucks? Okay. I guess we're at a hundred dollars, so, okay. But I'm wanting her to speak good words toward me. I'm wanting to hear that from her. What do you think God wants to hear from you? You think God wants to hear from you that, wow, this is a tough life. It's so hard to live. Just making a way any way that we can. Uh oh. Keeping our head above waters. <laughs> Was that Good Times, if you remember the show Good Times? All that kind of stuff. No, no, God don't want to hear you like that. Grumbling, complaining, problems going on, That issues out there. Are you saying there ain't no problems? No, I'm not saying there. We can face problems in our life, and, and, and as you live for the Lord and continually uh, walk His presence, you'll see those problems get less and less and less. You really, really will. You really, really will. But I'm not saying that you can't encounter a problem or encounter a difficulty. What I'm saying is we don't focus on those. We don't let our mouth magnify those things. We focus on God and magnify Him. Simon David said, in Psalm 145 right here, he said, My mouth shall speak His praise. That's what I'm going to say. Now, let's close that with Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Revelation 12, verse 11. As A.J. said a few weeks ago, I'm closing now. That was about a half hour before I heard him finish. Revelation chapter twelve. Somebody says I'm closing. There's a good comedian that I've heard on. Uh, he actually did a celebration you know, for Fred Price's birthday, but he was a great comedian. But he talked about his pastor. You say I'm closing now. He said before he got through, his pastor had closed about 15 doors. I'm closing now. Everybody say he's closing now. He's getting ready to close. Getting ready to close. I'm getting ready to close. Revelation, unless I hit 5 on the scripture. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Notice them. They overcame him, speaking of the devil. We're in the middle of the tribulation period when we look at this. And this is the example that's given us. But the principle applies to everything. And so here in Revelation chapter 12... The scripture tells us they overcame the devil after he's been cast down to this earth. All these things that happen in the middle of tribulation. When he's now the prince of the of the air. He comes down to this earth where he has just a short time to work. But he does. And when he does, the people during tribulation period times, they overcame him. How many knows it's possible to overcome the devil? He don't have to win. He don't have to win this thing. He don't have to win in your life. You can overcome him. And it doesn't matter what the adverse circumstances say against you. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You know, I've gotten letters that are adverse. I've heard people say things that are adverse. People form groups of people that are ad- It doesn't matter. You, know, you become a winner, and you can overcome when you use these principles here. One is by the blood of the Lamb. If you're trying to live a Christian life, and you're not blood-washed and blood-bought, you're going to be a miserable person. Still sinning, wishing you wasn't, trying to find a way to quit sinning and can't because you ain't been blood washed. They overcame by the blood of the lamb. Oh, oh, the blood of Jesus, that song. Oh, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus will come into your heart and life. It will wash you, purge you, cleanse you. And what it will do when it washes you, it gets the dirt out. What's all advertising commercials they talk about? It gets, it gets the stains out. It gets the dirt out when you apply it. When well, you apply the blood of Jesus to your heart and spirit, it gets the dirt out. What, what if you could get rid of, of all of those terrible, rotten, no good, sinful memories? Or those thinking that you have? Or that inbred nature that makes you want to sin and makes you want to do wrong? What if you get rid of all that? You can. If you are washed and purged... And cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus. And the, the, the Bible teaches us in, in 1 John. It's the precious blood of Jesus that washes away all of our sin and cleanses us. And so you don't just do these things by yourself. And say, I'm going to be a better person. You don't just say, I'm going to be a better person. Now I'm going to start doing right. And I'm going to turn over and you leave. Your will is involved, but not to the will of yourself. It's the will of God that you give yourself to. To allow Him to do those things in your life. And you allow Him to wash you and purge you and make you every whit clean, as the Bible says. So when I overcome a devil, it was because I finally got up enough gumption to say no to it. It wasn't that. It wasn't that because I finally figured out how to beat this sin in my life and now overcome it. It wasn't that. What it was was the blood of Jesus supernaturally washed you clean. You've heard my testimony so many times, but on that Sunday morning when I was saved, back in 1975 of October of that year, when I was saved in my my bedroom at home, I remember that when I was born again and my sins were washed from me, I remember thinking, the devil lied to me. I, I didn't know this would happen to me. I am a new me now. I am a new creation. The devil said I would struggle to get rid of this sin and that sin. I would struggle to ever enjoy life again. I, I, I would be doomed unto an, uh, uh, doomed unto what would it be uh, a believing unbelievers life, to where I never had happiness, or joy, or peace in my life. And I recognized that what happened, something happened inside in cleansing me. That I knew the devil had lied. And in an instant of time in my life on that Sunday morning, an instant of time overcame the devil. Not because I did it. I was 20 years old at the time. I had given in to the devil a lot of times. I didn't overcome him because I did it. Overcome him because I was washed in the blood. When I was washed in the blood, I was cleaning the whole. And like the things that used to have power on me, no longer had any power over me. I didn't have to fight, quit. They're just gone. Absolutely gone. Now, throughout the years, don't leave you a difficult impression, but throughout the years... And you live in this world. There's opportunities to sin. But they don't come from the inside. They come from out here. If you will meditate on them and think on them opportunities to sin. And yield to them. You can certainly sin if you like. But those opportunities to sin come from out here. Not from inside. It's not coming from the inside. Something on the outside that's doing it. And it's always saying something on the inside has made a change in me. And that's the blood of Jesus. That's number one. But notice the second thing he said. And by the word of their testimony. And again, third commitment. They love not their lives to death. This is an all-in thing. It's not a try and see. It's not I hope it works. It's not I'll give it a shot. It's I'm into this thing. Completely sold out, maxed out. Completely into this thing. By the word of their testimony. Now, you leave out the word of their testimony. What you're going to have is a person that's been blood washed, but they aren't planting any seeds. And the seeds that you plant will come up in your life. And the ground has nothing to do with it in this regard. Has anybody ever planted a garden and you planted corn in that garden? How many of you have ever planted some corn? Have you? And the corn came up, right? Have you ever planted some corn in that garden? And two weeks later, you walked out and you had squash, tomatoes, and okra. How come you didn't have any squash, tomatoes, and okra? You didn't plant the seed, did you? You planted the seed for corn. If you'd wanted squash, tomatoes, and okra, you should just planted some of those seeds. You got some tomato plants going and, and did that. But you didn't. Same way. The seed, the Bible says in the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 14. There it is. I, 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 lately, this has been happening for months now. I've been seeing that. In Mark, chapter 4, verse 14, the Bible says, The sower sows the word. Some bring forth 36 and 100 fold. So the word that we have in our life from Christ Jesus, we sow that into our life. And as I sow that word into my life, I speak it forth out of my mouth. It becomes the word of my testimony. His word is my testimony. Everybody say, His word is my testimony. Without Him, you and I don't have a testimony. I love you and respect you, but without Him, you don't have a testimony. With him, you have his testimony of his grace and mercy, what he's done in your lives. And we speak that to manifest Jesus. So, so then how could it not be? How could they not overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, and the word of his testimony, or their testimony, which is the word of Jesus himself. They don't love their own lives to death. They now have the love of Christ in their life. His life has now become their life. And it's really all about Jesus, what is happening. And they basically just manifest Jesus. There ain't no way the devil's going to overcome you if you'll be blood washed, and you'll start talking right. Now, I don't think I can leave either one of those out there. If you just start talking right without being blood washed, you'll be one of these motivational speakers and, and a PMA, you know, positive mental attitude. You can have some of those things in the natural are better than their old negative mental attitudes, I understand. But you'll just have that. You can only do what man can do. But once you're blood washed, and you have the word of testimony, which is his testimony in your life, then you'll be able to overcome the devil. I think that in this particular way of looking at it, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, that by that method of looking at it, you can overcome the devil every single time. You don't ever have to lose to him. You don't ever have to go down in defeat anymore if you're blood the power of Christ in your life and you're talking right with your testimony. But I've seen so many people sometimes, they are Christians, they love God, but wow, they don't have an ounce of faith in their language. And their life shows it. And they struggle. And they hurt. And they suffer. And there's so much pain. And there's so much struggle that's going on in their life. And there's so much sorrow there. And yet they love God you got to get both of these things together, the blood, washing you of all your sin, and get your testimony where it's supposed to be. Amen. Then you'll manifest Jesus in your life. Yes. How many wants to manifest Jesus? Say, I do. Yes. Amen. God bless you. Stand up with me this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's make some manifestation talk today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Every head bow, every eye closed. Jesus. Anybody here this morning that you don't know Jesus? You had not received him as Lord and Savior today? Or online, either one. Or maybe you have known him, but you've walked away from him. And you're not serving him today. And he is not truly the Lord of your life. Although maybe you had some experience with God at one time. I don't judge your experience. That's between you and him. But right now, you're not where you're supposed to be with God. If you're in the house today, and that's you, and we bow our heads and close our eyes, if that's you and you want me to pray with you, I'll be more than happy to do so if you just lift your hands and say, Pastor, please, I want you to pray with me. Anywhere in the building today. Anywhere in the building today. That's the first way we overcome. is By the blood of the Lamb, where he washes us clean, makes us holy. Anybody in the building today. Anybody, be strong before the Lord in Jesus' name. If you're online, if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with us here in just a few moments as we do, as several people already have. That told me in just well, a really, little really over a month ago. Someone online prayed with us a center of prayer, told us about it, everything. And so God bless them as they do. Let's all pray this prayer together. Stretch your hands toward the heaven. Everybody do it. And you, you slip your hand up, and you can get right in the mix with all of us. Everybody pray this prayer. Say, Dear Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. For your word. Now I confess that your word is not only your word, but it is now my word. For my mouth shall speak of your goodness, your greatness, and give testimony to who you are and what you've done in my life. Because of the blood of Jesus, you have washed me of all of my sins and taken them all away. And because of the power, that you give me now, I choose to manifest Jesus in my life by speaking your word. I will speak words of faith, words of victory, words of courage, words that bring blessing to men and women. I know, I believe, I am an overcomer as I manifest you, Lord Jesus, in my life. And I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I have the victory. Say it real loud. Say, I have the victory. A little bit louder. Come, on. I have the victory. Say it like this. I got it. Amen. Tell somebody you got it. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this faith-filled message. Please connect with us at our website, gospeltabernaclechurch.com, so we can continue to be a part of your faith walk and if you're listening today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life now is the time to do that now today is the day of salvation pray this prayer with me dear father I believe you sent your only begotten son Jesus Christ to die for my sins on the cross and you have raised him from the dead that I might be alive in him Jesus I confess You are Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome. You're now in the family of God. You're a child of God. Connect with us. Let us know if you prayed that prayer. We want to be right there alongside you as you walk out this journey of faith in Christ. God bless you.